Like many of you, you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, this is James Cox, your handicapped host on When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast. Uh, today we have Christine Davino. Uh, so she has been the singer-songwriter since the age of 15. Uh, she performed at clubs, weddings, private and corporate events, and wherever else may the road may lead her. Uh, she really loves any opportunity to play and sing. Uh, her main goal is to ensure that I that she provides the diverse the diversified shows tailored to suit, to suit each client needs and desires. Uh, she. In order to achieve this, uh, she is constantly learning new, new cover songs from all genres, including funk, R&B, country, pop, and rock. She also plays a lot of original music, but she understands that people often want to hear her hear tunes that they know and love. So ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Christine Domino. Hey Christine, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, James? Very, very good. It's it's so good to meet you now because um, I know on on, on my buddy's um YouTube channel we I don't think we saw each other, did we? I can't remember. No, I I didn't see you actually at all. Um, yeah. it was just a real quick thing. It felt like so. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to meet, but well, we're meeting now, so that's all that matters. That's it. That's all that matters, right? Uh, so how are you holding up in this pandemic? Because I know that's a, that's a, like a redundant question for all musicians, but I just am, am very um, interested in, in, you know, how y'all are really doing. Let's talk about that, actually. Okay. Um, when the pandemic first hit, um, I honestly didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Right. Uh, you know, everybody all of a sudden it started talking about the spread of the coronavirus and I'm, and I'm just thinking, Oh, it's just going to be like the flu and yada, yada, yada. Well, then all of a sudden I, I went from having a full slammed packed calendar all from March all the way till, um, I believe July, September almost. Um, I, all my dates were just really packed full and, and I was really counting on that money because this is what I do for a living. I don't work a regular job or nothing. So when that happened and all of a sudden all my gigs started getting canceled, I just lost my mind, to be oh, honest no. with you. Yeah. I was just like, man, this, what is going on? I can't believe this. Mm. And I sat around probably for, and I probably sat around for about a month and just didn't do a I just didn't do a damn thing. There yeah. was nothing to do. We, all we could do was stay home. And so I was on um, Facebook and Instagram 
mainly Facebook, and I was doing some Facebook lives, just trying to see if people wanted to tip so that I could make some money to pay my bills. And um, I'll be really honest with you. I sat around for a month and wasn't making any, just, you know, I made a couple, couple of bucks off of, you know, the Facebook lives, but nothing, it wasn't enough to pay my bills. So right. I went and worked a job. I got a job and that's the first time I've had a job in quite a few years. I've been doing this. So I've been self-employed for at least five or six years. So okay. yeah. it was weird. Uh, just a weird time i had to get a job and i just worked so that i could put you know money uh, towards bills and feed my family yeah yeah because it's it's it was really weird because i don't know if you heard of the h1n1 virus but i've never heard of that apparently that was that was during barack's time as president i never even heard of it you know so mm-hmm. it was totally weird when when this um uh, COVID nineteen destructive world because I'm like this is gonna fly by it's it's the basic flu you know everybody's you know so I guess yeah, it surprised totally. us all yeah so yeah I, I just I didn't expect it to to be um, at the level that it was obviously none of us did um, right. a lot of my musician buddies luckily for me um, I had a pretty good savings account you know. Uh, set up because I was in the process of saving money to build the studio that I'm in right now. Right. Sorry if it's a little bit of a mess, if you can see oh, it, fine. but, yeah, uh, you know, practices and shooting videos for people, it's just been real hectic. So, but, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I was able to live off of some savings for a little while, but I kind of was just at a point where I said, you know, things aren't opening up and I, I need to work so that I don't just blow through this money so that I can still build this thing when it's all over. Right. So, you know, you do what you got to do. And, and I worked and I'm, you know, I'm very grateful. I'm booked. Um, I'm playing music right now. Yeah. As soon as they could open things up here in the South, we were, I was the first call. So it was great to, to get gigs and be able to work. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I see more and more, um, um, uh, musical bands get more get gigs and start uh, releasing their their toy release and everything. So and and uh, with the vaccine coming up, I think that 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 we're going to be able to go out and and, and support live music within like you know six to seven months. But I'm not sure because I'm not a doctor, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I will say I don't know what it's like where you're at, but here in Arkansas. Um, they have lifted the 11 o'clock mandate and I don't think that masks are actually required. Mm. Um, you know, which I wish they were still required. Yeah. I played a gig here just this past weekend and I will tell you that it was packed. It was standing room only and, um, it was a blast, but I was nervous. It made me a little nervous just to be honest. I I wore my mask on um you know when i got on breaks and stuff when i was walking around i wore a mask everywhere right just because i know i know that only protects me a certain amount but any any amount is better than no no protection at all so that is true but you know you do the best you can carry hand sanitizer in your gig bag and just kind of roll with it and there you go it's really all i can do yeah um I know one thing that kept me sane through 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 this uh, time was um, uh, virtual concerts. So I've been to two of them. Oh yeah, if you call them, been to. <laughs> I watched them. Uh, they were Avatar and Demon Hunter. 
Um, was there any? Oh, cool. Yeah, was there any virtual concerts that you that uh, you saw? Oh man, I I be I'm old school, but uh, I had a couple of concerts that I actually recorded on my DVR from this channel. I think it's called like Access TV, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they do live concerts with different um, artists. And I, I recorded one of Hall and & Oates. Um, and then I love this. Um, actually, Daryl Hall from Hall & Oates does a show called uh, Live at Daryl's House. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I watched a couple of, couple of those. And then my buddies that were doing Facebook Lives, I watched their Facebook Lives. Um, just oh. tried to show support to oh. everybody that was trying to make it through at the yeah. time. Yeah, it's hard nowadays, you know. Um, so, um, you live in Hot Springs, Arizona, am I correct? It's Hot Springs, Arkansas, actually. Arkansas, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Arkansas, okay. No, so, you're cool. <laughs> a lot of people do that, actually. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, if I was to visit Hot Springs, uh, what's the first place you should, you should tell me that I should check out? For anybody who wanted hmm. to actually visit, you, visit, not you, but visit the state and like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Well, if if music were completely up and back up everywhere, one of the really popping spots that a lot of tourists go to in um is called the Ohio Club. Okay. And I used to play there every Tuesday for the past five years. Um, it's a great it's the oldest bar in Arkansas and um it's just a really cool surrounding. They've got great burgers, um, great drinks. Now, as far as like other artists to go see, there's so many good ones yeah. out here. Uh, it's just, it's so hard to, I could go through a list, Brian Ramsey, Josh Stewart, Dean Agus, you know, um, they're just, there's just a lot, Brian Mullen. And I mean, these are great artists. Right. Some are country, some are pop, some are rock. So there, there's a good selection here. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like a really good time. Um, so I, I, uh, I keep up with you on your Facebook account, and uh, and, it's, and there's one place called the Big Chill. Uh, that, yeah. That you mm -hmm. that you normally play a lot. Down. Um. So how often do you play there, and 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 what's your atmosphere like? Well, I I can't say that I've been playing there a lot lately. Okay. But I played there this this past weekend, and they are so cool. I I actually got my start playing off there that was like my first real bar gig i would never played in the bars before right um gina the owner is just a real strong like power force you know she's cool she owns the bar she saw me play at some open mic night and gave me a chance there but it's just a um they're kind of known for getting really good diverse live music mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a fun place to go. I, it's, um, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's like just your neighborhood dive bar, but it's like not a dive bar. It's, right. it's nice. Yeah. And everybody, every all the locals will go there and hang out because it's just kind of like your friendly neighborhood cheers. Everybody knows your name there. Right. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's a cool spot. It's they they've got like a an upstairs where they do the live music, mm -hmm. and they actually have a separate smoking room where you can still they'll still have the music going through to the smoking room. Right. And then downstairs they have like a game room where they have like pool tables and darts and another bar. So it's really it's a cool spot. It's been oh, nice. a, it's been a great spot throughout the years to play. Yeah. 
Because um, that's how, uh, with, with, without having multiple floors, that, that um, reminds me of a place in, in Atlanta. I think it's called a masquerade where they have like three, like three levels. And each level is like a, like, yeah. like the top floors are like heaven and purgatory and hell. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, mo and most bands play, play at the lower level, you know, hell, you know, hell, you know. But um, yeah, that, yeah. that place is really, really uh, cool too. So everybody go check out the Big Chill and Arkansas. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's uh -huh. super cool. All right. Um, so being a musician, I understand that that uh, uh, many uh, musicians uh, like different different products of 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 music stuff. Um, so, what brand of guitar do you have, and what all musical products do you endorse? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty exclusively like a Taylor girl. Okay. I play Taylor guitars. Ta I, um, I've heard those are some of the best guitars ever. Yeah, I mm. I really like them. I, now, I if I could afford it right now, I'd probably buy a Martin also, just because I like them too. Right. But all all three of my gigging guitars that I play that are like acoustic, I own a five fourteen CE Taylor. I've got a seven sixteen um, CE Taylor, and I've got a Taylor T five Z Pro. Now the T five Z Pro is a hybrid guitar. And I love it. Um, if you're a solo acoustic act and you're playing, let's say, you know, any anywhere from two plus hours a night, you know, it's when you're got your arm around an acoustic guitar, your shoulder for three or four hours hurts. is gonna start to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with this guitar, it's so thin. <clears throat> it it feels like a, you know the body of an electric guitar, oh, nice. and it plays like electric guitar Ooh, right yeah, on, yeah it's really cool it but it but see you can get these really full body acoustic sounds with it and it also has um a pickup in it where you can get that gritty um electric guitar sound that's that's like i said they call it a hybrid guitar and i love it because i do all kinds of genres of music and so it's able to speak to all those types of musics that i play Right. And it and it you know it registers very well, and I I just really like that a lot. Um, like I said, it's it's made my life like physically so much easier because it's so much easier to play. My hands don't cramp anymore. Right. Um, my shoulder doesn't hurt from having this big body. You know, my right. arm around this big body and everything. But um, yeah, I, I'd say. And then I've got a I've got a telly. I've got a Fender telly. Um, that oh, I've nice. had for so quite a long time. I am a telly. Girl. Yeah. yeah, those are always it's, awesome. Um, yeah, Fender has got, you know, obviously great stuff. I don't play a lot of electric um very often as far as like just lead and stuff, so that's why I play my hybrid all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's a great guitar and whenever I do play with a band, I'll usually bust that one out. Yeah. But um definitely Taylors are my are my main go-to in with I don't know sure if you're familiar, but I'm a looping artist. Yes. So yes. I do like the live looping and stuff, and I love my Boss um, RC 300 pedal, and I'm just able to loop all day on that thing. So those are some of my favorite pieces of gear. Well, that's funny you should you should mention your looping your your looper because my my co-host couldn't be here today, so he sent me questions to ask you if you don't mind for a minute. 
Um, his first question sure. is, was it difficult to learn how to use the, the looping technique? You know... Because it's always kind of no, hard. I to... wouldn't say it's difficult. Okay. I wouldn't say it was difficult. I would honestly tell you that it was intimidating. Um, it's intimidating because if you mess up, everybody's going to know it and <laughs> it's hard to recover. Yeah. So, you know, I started off kind of small and I worked my way up to the big RC 300. I started off with the RC three. Mm-hmm. It's just a one single, actually before that I started with the ditto looper. And it's literally just like a one button looper. I started right. with that. And every now and then it shows I would, I would loop, you know, a, a chord progression and then I would, you know, solo or whatever over it. And then I started looking up different artists that would play with loopers. And it, it became, I think once you can kind of wrap your head around how to loop, and how the best way to loop quickly is. Right. I think once you kind of figure that out, it gets easier. Um, Cause there is, there is a remedy to it. There yeah. is, you know, a thought process of, okay, how am I going to build this song quickly and, and get to it? Um, and I, I, like I said, it, it, I guess some people would register that as difficult, but for me, it was just more like, Oh, that's a, that's scary. If yeah. I mess up, everybody's going to know. Right. So I didn't play. I didn't go out and play with a looper probably for about two months until I figured out a Do, few songs solid. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because um, it, it loops in for you. So whatever you do before you hit record or, or after you hit record or stop it, it it, it it plays you back what you played, right? That's, that's how the mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Yeah, so if you mess up one time, you're like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, so I don't Yeah, do that, so. and everybody will hear it, and then you're like, oh, man, oh, i got to do stuff. <laughs> now, it happens every every once in a while. Now, you know, so I'll have a moment where I'll screw up, and but yeah. I'm able to – I've been using the looper so much that I'm able to recover, and usually nobody will know. Right. But – Except for you. You know, it's, it's a real yeah. useful yeah exactly except for me <laughs> yeah i i you know encourage people if they're in if they're interested to just give it a try but don't don't use it at a show until you feel comfortable until you have a couple of songs where you're like okay i got these songs down i can do this you know right right uh so his second question is uh where did you first see the loop loop technique being used was there like a hmm. like a first time ever you're like oh i gotta get me one of those Oh man, that's hard to think the, back. I can't. Because the first time I saw it really... was uh was my friend is the is the bassist, and you know when he was trying all all, all these different stuff, and he brought one of those little loopers to my house. He said, "Let's check this out," mm-hmm. and I was literally like mind blown. I'm like, "What?" You know, I was amazed. You know, I actually had a boyfriend years ago that bought me the RC30, and. I just, I tried using it back then. I just couldn't get into it. I mean, this was like 10 plus years ago. It was just too much for me at, at my musical. You know, it's funny. In your musical journey, a piece of equipment might be too much for you at this at the beginning. But once you kind of go further along and realize how gear works, now that I, when I bought the RC30 again, like mm-hmm. when, I, when I bought it this time, like I knew how to use it. 
I watched a ton. Now, before I buy something, I will tell you right now, <laughs> before I buy a piece of gear, I will research the crap out of That's it. That's exactly what I and do. And yeah. how it works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that was the first time that I really was introduced to a looper was when it was given to me as a gift. And then I got rid of it. Years went by. And then I was like, I need to do the looper thing again. So yeah. I just started watching a ton of videos. Um, there's just one guy and I, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, but I think it's, his name is Michael Evotis. Okay. Um, but he's just like a crazy, he's amazing. He's a great, he's a master. He's like a master looper. Mm -hmm. And I saw him doing it and I was like, I got to learn how to do that. <laughs> I gotta learn how to do that on some level. I don't care if it's at the level that he's doing it, but I gotta learn how to do it at some yeah. level. Yeah, I gotta figure so, that out. Yeah, yeah. It's always good. It's always yeah, good yeah. to, uh, it, and it's also good to, to to explore new new things, you know. Because once you like, you're like, oh, God, I I can do this now. This is awesome, you know. Yeah, so. for sure. It's um definitely a useful tool and i've really i've enjoyed diving into it and i'm still learning new stuff about that pedal right. like there's just just so much on it yeah yeah uh here's third and final question about the about the looping technique is uh uh do you ever use the looper for percussion like tapping on the guitar for like a drum effect oh gosh yeah. Um, all the time. Okay. I actually bought, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but they're called drum pads. Yes. And yes. there's all kinds of different brands there. Well, Roland makes one, but it's like $800 and I just, yeah, that's, I can't, <laughs> I can't spend it. Right I don't know who can. But, yeah. Alesis makes some affordable ones and I've actually been looking at buying one of theirs just to upgrade, but I bought one called the cat percussion pad and, um, it's just got some simple samples on there, like very simple, but there's their drum beats and I just plug <laughs> that thing into my looper and I will, the looper has a built in like click and you can dial in your BPM and I will just dial in my bpm on my looper and then i will i will loop a drum beat onto the looper with the drum pad right um i play drums on the side it's not my like main instrument but it's something i do for fun so i can play enough to where i can create beats and so i'll create a beat live and then i'll do bass or guitar and and then i'll just keep like layering right but yeah i i I mean, I have um, a few songs where I just use the preloaded drum beats that are on the looper. Okay, nice. But I also create them. Right. Yeah, well, um, the reason why he asked you those questions is because he, he's a drummer himself. You know, that's his main main uh, instrument that he plays in. So I think you'll like your, like, love your, uh, your answers. Um, yeah, tell him to check out one of those uh, one of those drum pads, and he can just hook it into a looper and create beats himself. Okay, nice. Yeah, and that gets you like a wide, more wider range of uh, what it, what what you can do with it. I guess right, more more beats or more ideas mm -hmm. come yeah. to you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, so uh, while I was researching you, um, you said you were you are like a like a one woman band meaning you play guitar um you sing and you've been you uh you have a cajun um uh, that you play on with a with a drum pedal um 
Would you explain to, to to our listeners what is a Cajun? Because I'm I'm sort of familiar with it. Um, my co-host has one, but I'm not really too sure what it is. Okay. Um. Well, it's actually um pronounced Cajon. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and, um. Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um. It's a Cajon, and it's the Cajon. It's the main old bass box. Okay. And it's perfect for a solo artist who is tired of not having that percussive beat. So I I like having that percussive beat because that, you know, having a percussive beat is what gets people up dancing. Right. And dancing equals tips. Yes. So <laughs> I'm all about that live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I've got actually two, two different ones. I've got a main old kick, um, it's an analog kick box that plugs in with a quarter inch. And then I've got the main old bass box. And I actually will mic that with a, with a, usually like a kick drum mic. And I'll get like a nice kick thud sound, but I've got a pretty good PA and it just, I mean, it sounds awesome. Boom, and right? it, I play and sing and just like do the kick drum beat and people love it. It's and it, I don't, you know, I don't, if you're doing music for a living, it's easier to make good money when it's just you. You're not having to split it like two yeah. or three other ways. Right. So that's why I became a one woman band because I am the drummer, the bass player, the singer, and the guitarist, and I get all the money. <laughs> so, right. you know, and, and it's, it's just easy that way. And you could argue. But it's a cool little box. Yeah, and you could argue with yourself without feeling bad, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I have conversations yeah. with myself oh, I know. on yeah. stage all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, oh, man, why did I do that? I should have done this. Or, oh, okay, okay, let's do this one, this next. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know. Yeah, because I, um, I, I was watching a uh, video of someone using the cajon now. <laughs> Uh, and it and it seems like um like each spot is on different sounds like like the center bits like the bass drum and the and the two upper corners are like 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 the snare. Am I? Getting yeah, it? that's okay. Yeah. That's one of the because there's a couple of different cajones, but that's the the box that people sit on. Right. Yeah. That's just a regular cajon. Okay. And those top corners <clears throat> that they're playing, yeah, that's usually the snare sound. And then in the middle is where they get that bassy thump like sound. Right. And then I've got something that's still a cone, but it's a cone bass box. So it's okay. a little different, but it's pretty much the same. Now, now you, you the the one you got, do you, you still sit on that and just play like 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 the regular one, or is it like play, play no? Play? Yeah, it's completely it's completely different. It is like if you can just picture. Uh, a black box with a kick drum pedal attached to it and i mean that you sit down on a drum throne or a chair or whatever yeah and then you just play it like a kick drum oh okay just like you would a kick drum okay nice yeah awesome awesome uh, so um i mentioned uh in your intro introduction to this podcast that you do uh weddings um so oh yeah yeah so uh how how does like bookings with you for weddings like work do you do do they like obviously they research you but like do you meet up with with the bride and groom and say okay what 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 songs do you do you want me to try to play for you i mean like how does that that all work 
Um, yeah, usually, you know, people will hear about me through word of mouth and I have a website. It's, um, it's www.thechristinedemayo.com and people can go on there. And if they, if they like what, what I have to offer, they can send in an email request. They'll tell me the date that they want to do their wedding and I'll confirm whether or not I'm available. And then I personally, I mean, I don't know how other bands do it, but I have a wedding questionnaire um okay. that i send over to them that gives me very specific de- like details do i need to bring my own pa um will there be electricity uh, and then i'll ask them you know what song for the mother daughter dance what song for this you know do you am i playing the reception i mean i just it's like i said it's a detailed questionnaire i have them fill that out and then they send it up back to me and that way it's, you know, it's all written down. Nobody can, you know, nobody can say, oh, well, I thought we said we were going to do this. And You're like, nope. everything <laughs> it's, is it's right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's yeah. covered. Right. And you honestly, when it comes to weddings, you really want to do that with weddings. Because if you don't, you can end up in the hot seat. Because people get really crazy about weddings. Yeah. Um, yeah. From Jewelers, you know. You know, it's, yeah, it's their yeah special day and everything has to be just perfect and i'm right i am not gonna be in that situation you know where i get screamed at or oh you didn't do this and blah blah so i mean that that's basically what i'll do and once i have all that information a lot of the times honestly what i get hired to do is i get hired to do usually the wedding ceremony music Mm -hmm. And then I'll get hired to do like a cocktail hour before um, before the DJ starts getting crazy. Right now, I have gotten hired to do it all, and then oh, nice. that's that's a lot of work, but it's a good yeah. payday. So right. you well, know, yeah. yeah, get that Taylor, get that Martin guitar. It's a lot guitar, of work, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, because Martins are a whole crap. You know, they're expensive, but they're so good. Um, yeah. So, has there been a wedding where it, you like? You were just getting like reamed out of the scenes, and you're like, "Okay, I'm done with what, doing this for weddings," or like, or or, or like, with every every wedding like seamless. Um, no, I actually, <laughs> I had one wedding that I thought, "Oh my god, I bit off more than I could chew okay. on this one." <laughs> yeah. Um. Luckily, though, I had um a, I had another musician friend that I had hired to come and basically i just hired him to help me unload gear and set stuff up he was like my errand boy i was like if i need something he he goes and gets it for me right and because everything that could have went wrong it went wrong (laughs) it seemed like at that wedding yeah and um but you know luckily enough years of you know just experience and and staying calm cool and collected under pressure i was able to you know get everything off the ground and smooth it out like i had what happened was on this one wedding i had downloaded i told them i said i don't have dj gear like i don't do turntables and what i'll do is i'll download all these songs to a spotify playlist and i'll play them through my ipad so had went and downloaded all the songs so it was saved to my device and then for some reason these songs would not play oh no like i I couldn't yeah i couldn't get them to load and i mean i was it 
I was panicking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? And just really quickly was able to think, okay, okay, it's not working on my device. And I was able to get my guy that I'd hired and I said, turn your hotspot on because my hotspot on my phone wasn't working either oh, for no, some reason. It was just like not, right? the weirdest <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And luckily his hotspot worked and I was able to hook on. We were able to get the songs rolling and everything worked out fine. But nice. it was just when stuff like that goes wrong for a wedding, it's it makes you panic. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> so. It, it was tough. That that one, I actually didn't book another wedding for a few months after that. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, stressed okay. me out. But 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 the wedding you got after that, you kicked butt, right? Oh yeah, they yeah. loved it. They oh, didn't even know yeah. it was a yeah. problem, but it it was a problem with me, and it bugged the heck out of me. Oh, so no. I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, your own your 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 own worst enemy, as as the as the famous saying goes. So you know, you gotta be really yeah for yeah. sure. So, um, so knowing that you played cover songs also, uh, and, and original songs, I, I think that would be like a bittersweet, uh, thing because you want your, you, you want to play your songs so you get known for your, your own songs, but the, fa but the, but the yeah. uh, fans want, want you to play the cover songs. Do you find it as a bittersweet thing or do you find it as like an encouraging thing to get them in the doors to to hear your songs um i mean i haven't been playing my originals for a while i started off as a original artist only and i thought well i'll never do covers you know it was like yeah. it was beneath me <laughs> um but honestly seeing how you know I could make good money. I got, here's the deal. Before I started playing cover songs, I was playing original gigs only. Mm -hmm. And original, it's just hard to make money off of your original music and to yeah. get paid for a show for your original music. And I got tired of being broke all the time. <laughs> I yeah. was, uh, I was playing my music and I was touring and playing guitar for a pop rock band. And we were just, you know, they they would pay for our flights and stuff like that, but we weren't making any real money to take home. Maybe seventy five to hundred bucks, like for a yeah. whole weekend, and yeah, that's yeah. not enough to pay your bills. You know, no. so I think I just kind of got sick of that, and once I kind of got tired of that and realized that I could make decent money playing covers, I, I became more okay with playing covers and. I will have people that ask for my originals and stuff, and that's cool. Nice. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm down with that. Like, it, it's fun to play, but even if I don't play my originals, it doesn't bother me. Right. I, I just enjoy playing music, honestly. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so, growing up and and enjoying music, and I, I, I know you you've had to go to several concerts, right? Uh, so what what's your favorite concert you've ever been to and why? I know Ooh. that's hard because um, I've seen a lot of concerts. Hard. Yeah, I've seen a lot of concerts in my time too. So. Yeah. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, I would honestly say I think one that sticks out to me just because it wasn't <laughs> too too long ago, but. 
I went and saw Journey play. Nice. And they were awesome. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Journey fan. Oh. And uh, Neil Sean, he's, you know, he's an old guy, but he was like shredding that guitar still. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, they can still get down, you know? Yeah. So. They're super talented. And it was just cool getting to see him play that. That and I liked um, the Dixie Chicks. I actually went and saw the Dixie nice. Chicks, and they were they were pretty awesome too. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure which would be my favorite concert. I think it would be uh, Gwar. If you never heard of them, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of them, but once or twice. But they do like an amazing show. They you know squirt water on you, make it look like blood and everything. It's it's a fantastic show. <laughs> And um, I think uh, Megadeth, Megadeth puts on a fantastic show. But I I don't know which one oh, would nice. be my favorite one because I've seen country music, I've seen you know metal acts, uh, blues acts. You know it's all it's all you know it's all one one big giant blur. But sometimes you have those concerts where you're like, I remember this, this, and this. <laughs> this looks great, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, so in twenty, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I, I met a lot of, I met a lot of musicians too. So that's that's one thing that I really want, like to do all to them, you know. So, uh, and yeah, in in the two thousand thirteen, uh, you released your first EP called Falling, uh, and the and then the other EP called Shotgun came out in twenty eighteen, um. What was your inspiration for writing these uh, those songs on those two EPs? Because I feel like uh, 2013's Fallen and, and Shotgun is two separate things. Because on Fallen, it's like you talk about like love and love and, and, and everything. And then on Shotgun, you have uh, various things. Like you have like a party song. You got the Shotgun song, which is great. I love it. And then you have the like like a blue song, so uh, were were these times of your life that you really wanted to catch catch on the album itself? Oh yeah, um, well, two thousand thirteen, I wrote Fallen. I was, I mean, it's what every artist writes about love. Right. I was going through a crazy just up and down relationship and it was my yeah. one way to just get it all out right. and um yeah. it's like really a, it's like a release. how i feel yeah yeah and um i took inspiration from at least three artists for sure sarah Bareilles, i had some maroon five and um let's see what was the other one? Oh my gosh i just drew blank mm. but well those two for sure yeah oh john mayer um, okay yeah I really took a lot of inspiration from those three and, uh, you know, just kind of wrote about what the stuff that was bothering me. And I think that's probably one of my most popular EPs still. Um, people just really seem to relate to it. Now the shotgun EP was, you know, obviously later. Yeah. And I wrote a lot of those songs in hopes that a up-and-coming country band would pick them up oh um they yeah uh gosh i can't even remember their names now um <laughs> it's been so freaking long ago yeah but yeah i wrote i wrote hoping that i could 
um, toss a couple of their way and see if they wanted to pick any of them up. And I also just wanted to write some music that was just fun. Mm. Uh, Shotgun was is just a fun song. I wrote it, it about a it group is. of girls. Um, they used to come out and watch me play at the bar, and they would drink and get drunk and dance. And I, you know, the soberest one would drive home, you know, obviously. And <laughs> right. so I kind of wrote that about them. I thought it was funny. And, and, uh, we'll bring the party is another one that was getting kind of shopped to some different artists. Um, and it, I wrote that one pretty much about my life. I just like, you know, as a musician, as, as a cover artist, I guess you could say, especially, you you play music to please you're right. you're playing music to get a crowd up and pumped up and having a good time and i'm sorry but if you're playing these sad songs all night long people are going to get bored and leave and yeah. so i wanted yeah. to just write a song about having fun getting off work getting ready to have a drink and to just like kick back and relax and and you know party your butt off basically so that's you know i just i wrote the i wrote that album just about having a good time and trying to trying to shop a couple songs to some new artists yeah i mean i mean music should be fun first and foremost you know and if you're not enjoying music then you know i mean you're right i mean if if you're not enjoying music, you you won't have a have a fan base to, that that'll follow you. You know, so you gotta make music yeah, fun for, for yourself sure. and them too. So, uh, speaking of your fans, um, how do you get the fans to come to your live events to interact with you or and the band if if you have other members with you? I yeah um I every now and then I do play with a trio, um. Honestly, I think it comes back to playing music that that you enjoy as an artist. Right. Which I I will not play stuff that I despise unless somebody wants to just like tip me out the butt for it. And <laughs> right. I mean, it, I want to I want to have a good time too. Like I want to enjoy what I'm doing, so I'm I'm gonna play songs that I enjoy. You know. Right. right. So and I and I enjoy a wide variety of music. Luckily, yeah. I don't like to just stick in one genre. So. I think that's part of the appeal for a lot of my fan base is that they know that if they come out to one of my shows that I'm going to play a, just a wide variety of music. It's going to be fun. I'm going to talk to them while I'm on stage. We're going to, we're going to do call We're going to do, you know, haulers and swallers where we all get a shot and we drink together or something. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a fun time. That's nice. And I think, yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that's what, every audience wants i think people want to know that they're going to have a connection with the artist that they're coming to see right you know right yeah i had a um i had a worship pastor friend when i used to go to church that told me christine you need to look out into the audience and sing and i'm just like why why does it matter you know he's like people aren't coming to do you know this concert or whatever praise and worship just to watch you stare at your your shoes or your your, your music on <laughs> right. your stand like they want to they want to see you and make eye contact with you and, yeah. and feel like they're having a connection so right yes connection it makes is sense. automatically right yeah because i know that uh i think jim um what's the name jim morrison couldn't look at the crowd for a long time you know before he finally got the you know the nerve to turn around and hey there's a people here i get you know 
So yeah. 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 So um. Yeah, so, for sure. So so how long did it take take you to actually look at the crowd out there? Or like where where you just like okay I can do this or did it to, like take you to like build up to do it? Um. I, it probably took me a little build up to to get there. Right. Honestly, yeah. um, it's it's intimidating. Right. You know, if most artists are not actually the most um, outgoing people sometimes, and I know for me, I was kind of shy. I was just like, oh man, I have to actually talk to people. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know it it's it's scary to be the one up there and everybody's looking at you and talking to you and you know wanting to hear what you have to say so i i, I would say i definitely built up to it right for, for a certain amount for sure right well so our last question for you um miss christine is uh so this podcast is called when words fail music speaks and i don't think that can be any further from the truth uh, so, is there one song that you that you can think of um, that you can't that when you listen to it, you feel something in you, but you can't explain how how you feel it to say me or your your best friend or your mom or your dad. You know, is there one song that you get that you can hear that you know really means so much to you? You can't really explain what what it does to you. Oh gosh. Um... You know what? I'm just going to, I don't care. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, I really like the song and I don't, I just really like it is uh, by Melissa Etheridge and it's called Like the Way I Do. Okay. And if you haven't seen or heard it, like just, I think it's because I watched the YouTube video. Right. Of, of her doing it live yeah. and she, just her live concert where everybody was just like, yeah. <laughs> I love those moments when the crowd's just super into it and everybody's like connecting. It's super cool. Yeah. I love, I love Melissa Ezra too. She's an amazing artist, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank you very much, Miss Christine and to get her on, um, to, for the listeners listening in right now, um, you can find her on anywhere you, you know, you have, um, social media. She's on SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, uh, Facebook, uh, and Instagram under the name the Christine Demio Demio that's D E M E O, and she has a YouTube account and I'll and I'll um post the link below, and oh she is also on Twitter under Christine Demio also, so uh do you find Twitter to be kind of weird because I can't really I don't really understand Twitter that much so which which yeah which one would be your um, preferred social media. Honestly, inst Instagram or Facebook. Um, you know, at yeah. the Christine DeMeo. That right. that would be those would be the ones I would. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. Right. I'm trying to build up my YouTube channel more. Yeah. I just haven't done yeah. it too much, but hopefully have some more content coming out yeah. there soon. And as always, go take her out her website at the, the Christine DeMeo also. Um, I'm sure you can get updates on uh, where she's playing next, on uh, where you can buy her albums. All of her social media accounts are on there. So it's a good time. Thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm.